Hello, I'm Erin Bremer Wright, and today I'm interviewing Brisa Alfaro. Brisa is a survivor of pond stroke and locked in syndrome. And essentially, what that means is after her stroke, she was mentally present, but she could not physically move or speak. Continue to listen and watch to hear her amazing story. Well, what was it like pre pond stroke? So, what was life like for you living in New York, um, just carefree? You were young, you were healthy, like just tell me a little bit about your life before the stroke happened. Okay, so basically I was um, a hairstylist. I uh, lived in, at first I lived in New York and then I transferred to LA, but I traveled to New York for work a lot because I was an educator in the beauty industry and I traveled all over the country and um, I loved my craft, so I was very, very busy, but I didn't think anything of it. I loved what I did, and I thought, you know, that's what we're supposed to do. We're just supposed to keep going, and and that's what I did, and um, I didn't really realize that I wasn't really enjoying life because I was so busy. I was so busy trying to uh, make it that I just wasn't really enjoying what I had. So now since everything has happened, I, I realize what I, I have less and I enjoy it more. So um, it was a reality check. It was a wake up call. Yeah, for sure. absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And so take me, take me to that day. Were you, <clears throat> you were, were you at working when all of a sudden yeah. you just started? So, and you were young, right? I mean, you were, right. you still are young, but when this happened, because when you think of, when I think of stroke, I think of older, but right, a lot of people do. Um, but yeah, I was uh, 32 years old. I was fine. I was living my life. Um, I ended up going to work in New York City, um, and then I started having um, symptoms that were unrelated to a stroke, some severe allergy issues, and I went in to the hospital to uh, find out what was wrong because I had to work the next day and I worked uh, on stage in front of a lot of people. So I was like, uh, you guys have to fix these allergies. I look crazy. And they're like, okay, right this way. And like, we're talking to me, took me to the back where was going to um, give me something like, like a strong Benadryl. I don't know. And then that's when it happened. Um, I had this stroke in a New York City hospital. So it was um, something that I didn't understand in the beginning because I was, I suffered something called locked-in syndrome. Um, so most people that have strokes, it affects a certain side of your body, the left side or the right side, but mine happened in the middle, affecting both sides. So I, uh, it's where everybody, no one can hear you. You, you're, you think you're talking, but no one can hear you. So everything was going, it w was fine in my brain, but in my body, like it was immobile. I was just laying in the bed. So I didn't realize that until later I was, I was um, in the bed and I had all these people working on me and I'm like, what's the big deal? Like I came in for allergies. Like what's the big deal? And they're all talking and not talking to me. They're all talking to each other. And I'm like, why is everybody ignoring me? No one's listening to me. Um, I was getting kind of frustrated. And then 
later I realized that no one was talking to me because no one could hear me. I was essentially locked in my body already. What, so what were so, you saying? Were you like, hey, I'm right here. Hello. Hi. And yeah, I was, mm -hmm, I was, I was, I was uh, trying to really get clear on what was happening because, you know, they're working on me and, and I just didn't understand it. So then they medically induced me into a coma and they transferred me to, I was in like about four, four hospitals, four different hospitals, but they transferred me to a NYU uh, stroke facility, like specialty uh, hospital in New York. And um, that's when my mom flew out and my family flew out to be there with me. And they were, you know, that's when they, they all arrived at the hospital thinking like, okay, what's going on? They don't know what's going on. And the doctors had to sit them aside and say, you know, your daughter had a uh, stroke, a severe stroke, and it left her with something called locked-in syndrome, where you're essentially locked in your own body, and we give her basically a less than 1% chance to survive. So because that news was, you know, filtered through my family, it was very hard for them to take and accept. Um, one person that didn't accept it was my mom. Man, she kept me fighting. So she, because she was unaccepting of it, neither was I. Mm -hmm. I wasn't going to accept it either. Mm -hmm. Even though the odds seemed stacked against me, I had to fight and I had to work for it. And so I uh, found myself in the hospital room with my mom and everyone around me uh, asking me to fight, show them the sign, show them the sign that I was still in my body and that I could you know, hear what they're saying, but I was, I was locked in. Mm -hmm. I, w I couldn't communicate. I couldn't show them a sign. Um, it was a fight, but it was a fight that I did with my family and with prayer and everything else. Like everyone came together and they, my mom decided that a whole family needed to start talking to me as if I was okay if I was um, still in my body um, still can hold a conversation with them so they all talked to me like as if I could respond and that helped me um, really fight for wanting to respond to them and then later it evolved to my mom playing music for me or she would play an audiobook um, at night for me to listen to. One of the audiobooks that she played for me was The Secret. And have you heard of The Secret? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have. So The Secret focuses on the law of attraction, right? And what you focus on grows. So she thought this would help me in my journey. So she would play it for me and man, it helped me. I was listening to those words and I started to believe that I can manifest a different outcome. So one of the speakers in that audio what went was um, Lisa Nichols. She said something that resonated so strongly with me. And she said, the first step is to ask, make a command to the universe and let the universe respond to your thoughts. 
I was taken back. I was like, wow, if thoughts can become things, then I'm going to make this thing happen. Mm -hmm. So regardless of the fact that it was days and days for me not, not responding to anybody and not being able to move, not being able to open my eyes, not be, being able to, I mean, I could open my eyes, but they would just like dart around. My pupils would just dart around, really not focusing on one specific thing because I didn't know how to, um, um, control them. So they were just, that, that was also something that I had to learn. So, um, I realized that I needed to fight and think, change my thoughts. Right. So I started thinking of nothing but healing and possibility. Um, any negative, um, thought that came into my brain, I pushed it away and I thought, no, this is, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be okay. So when my family members were around and they're talking to me, I was talking back to them, even though they couldn't hear me, I was saying, I'll be okay. I'm okay. Don't cry. I'm okay. You know? And, and I think that that's really what helped me is that little comment that I remember hearing was the first step is to ask, make a command to the universe and let the universe respond to your thoughts man, I change my thoughts so that I can change my outcome. Right. That's so powerful. Yeah. And little by little, I was able to. So the first thing that came to me, my mom was uh, talking, my whole family was talking and I so badly wanted to be in the conversation, yeah. but I couldn't talk. Right. So I'm laying there and my mom, of course, is next to me and she notices a flicker of my pinky. And she was like, what? What is that? She just moved. She just moved. And she's like, Brisa, can you do that again? So I, I tried. And I, I describe it as like a, it was like an energy beam. It came from my brain, through my body, through my neck, through my arm, all the way down to my hand, eventually reaching my pinky. And I was just able to flicker it. Just, just a tiny little bit, right? Mm -hmm. So she's asking me to do that again. I'm like, oh my God, I got to get enough energy to do that again. So here it comes again, that energy beam. And I flickered my pinky again. So my whole family was like, oh my God. You know, my mom ran to the doctors and was like, my daughter's moving. She's moving on command. You know, she's, she's moving. And the doctors disregarded her excitement. And they were just like, oh, no, those, those are involuntary movements. And my mom's like, no no, you guys got to go check her. Those are not involved. You need to go in there. So if you knew my mom, she's a very feisty Mexican mom. She's so, amazing. <laughs> <laughs> she is. She's amazing. So she, she made them go back in there and check me. So here I was laying in this hospital bed with my doctors and my mom and my whole family. Literally my whole family came up from California to New York to be with me. Um, That's a lot. They, Such a strong family to, to all come I, to It's so much love and support. I love that. I feel like that's a key component is having the, that family and that love and support. And listen, a lot of people think that it has to be your blood, but if you have love and support from someone else in it, that, that feeds you that energy, I believe that that's 
what you need. It doesn't have to be your family. It could be outside, but as long as you get it and, and you get it from a source, it could be a person, it could be um, an audiobook, it could be your podcasts, whatever it is that is giving them the support that they need. They need to hold on to it and help them get it, get to their next, right? So that's what my family did. They helped me get to my next. So I was um, laying in that hospital bed and I was, I was thinking, okay, I got my doctors here, my nurses, um, my family, everybody's sitting around, everybody's waiting for me to show them this magical sign that I flickered my pinky, right? So they're all waiting come on, Brisa, can you show us a sign? Show us a sign. Here comes that energy beam. This time I was tired. I was so tired and I couldn't, I was, I couldn't do it. I was, I was like, give me a little time and then come back to me, but they couldn't hear me. So my doctor's holding up my hand for everyone to see me. And, um, here comes that energy beam and it's like lagging at my elbow. Mm-hmm. lagging and just like in life when we're trying to create something and there is a lag there is something like like this coronavirus how many people are you know they were just on the brink of something special happening and then something happens mm-hmm. and then we can't get to our next but it's I feel like it's not a matter of if we can, it's when we can, as long as we keep focusing on it, right? If we give up, we absolutely will never get there. But if we keep, if we keep trying, if we keep trying and keep, keep um, finding new ways to reinvent ourselves or finding new ways to create what we desire, um, finding new ways to find that strength inside of you and that's what I had to do I had to find it inside of me again so even when you have when you think you have nothing left inside of you you always have a little more yeah so just reach for a little more so that's what I did I reached for a little more and while everyone's standing around me they they're holding my hand up and they're asking me to show them again show them that flicker and down came that energy beam and it delayed right at my elbow and then bam just like that it got to my pinky and it flickered my pinky it sent everyone cheering it was I mean you would have thought my family won the Super Bowl because they were it was just crazy it was a moment not only my family the doctors the nurses everyone around everyone knew so when they saw that, I feel like it just gave everyone the hope that they were looking for. Mm-hmm. So after that, I realized that um, I hold the power to my destiny. And if I could do that, then I can do this, right? So with the same momentum that I had to use to flicker my pinky, I used to move my arm to move my leg, to move the right side of my body, to move the left side, to learn how to walk again, to learn how to run again, to everything, right? Yeah. Um, so it, it's been a, 
ongoing learning experience. Um, so every time I run into a situation, I think about, okay, I have, I just have to flicker my pinky right now. I don't have to cross. I don't have to like, you know, I couldn't go from being in the hospital bed to walking out of the hospital without flickering my pinky. Right. Mm -hmm. So with everything else I do in life, I have to think about it like that. I have to flicker my pinky first, the little actionable steps that will get me to my next and to my next. And then after that, I just keep building off of that to get to where I am now. So I think of my whole story and where, what I had to do to get here. It's a huge story. Yeah. It's a big story. Yeah. But the best way I can describe it is the flicker of my pinky. Wow. How, how long was it between the flicker of your pinky to being well enough to walk on your own, to talk on your own and to leave the hospital? How long was that, that time period? Um, I was in the hospital for months. Uh, walking took me a little longer. Um, I came home. I remember when I came home, they were, well, before, right before I was in the hospital and they were issuing me all this stuff, like my wheelchair and my cane and my, my reacher. They, I remember they, they issued me a reacher, which is this long stick that kind of helps me grab things from off the floor. If I was in my wheelchair and I wanted to grab something, they don't want me to like tumble over. Yeah. I remember that moment thinking, I don't want a reacher. I just want to bend down and pick it up. So it was my motivation to make it happen faster because I didn't want to be in a wheelchair forever. I didn't want to be in a um, walking with a walker or a cane or using my reacher forever. So I made that reacher, the, the plastic reacher, um, my goal one day I'm never going to have to use this. And I made that my goal. And it's, it's funny because yeah, I don't, I don't have to use it anymore, yeah. but I do use it. I use it everywhere. I have it, I have it in my room and I use it to cross over and do my bed and cause I can't reach on the other side. So I use it now because I have a choice. I want to use it. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of uh, reminding me where I started, where I came from. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, all these small incremental steps, the fact that you kept the momentum, right? And you kept mm -hmm. that positivity, you kept that positive narrative that, you know, what you're focusing on, where your energy goes is the direction you're going to be going, right? Yeah. So as long as you're telling yourself, yes, I can do this. Yes, I'm going to get past this. Yes. And you did it every single thing you put your mind to, you did. And I, I want to boast about you. You ran a half marathon. I, what was that like? And how, like, when you went into training, were people like, how, like how you went from not being able to move to speak to running a half marathon? Well, I think a lot of it was um, when being stubborn, when people say, no, you're not going to do that. I would just get stubborn and think, watch me. So 
I love Basically, that. Watch me. <laughs> I was never really a runner before, but I decided that I was going to accomplish something I've never done. And, you know, it started again, pinky moves, baby steps. I was, I did like a color run the first time after my stroke. And that was not a run. I basically walked it, but that was my first challenge. And then I kept progressing like the little like Thanksgiving turkey runs and um, firecracker uh, 4th of July runs. And then it just evolved. Um, but I think that if we keep that in mind, like the little baby steps to get to your goal, you'll get there quicker because I think a lot of times we will look at our big picture, big picture goals and we don't get to them because it is so big mm -hmm. because we're thinking, how are we ever going to get there? It was great when we were trying to, um, plan it out in our brain, right? Where we're thinking it's going to be great. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. But then we sit back and think, Oh, how am I going to do it? Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. But the way you're going to do it is those little small baby actionable steps that'll get you to your neck. Mm -hmm. That's a pinky move. Yeah. I, I mean, not only are you such an inspiration, but I think I think I just want to reiterate what you're saying in terms of just one step at a time, right? These pinky moves. That's so important because I, I myself am guilty of this. I see where I am today and where I want to be in terms of like my goals and my aspirations. And I get really impatient. I'm like so impatient. Like I just want to get there. I just want to be there already. So what is it? What is the self narrative you have to say, okay, one step at a time, be patient. Like, have you always been a patient person? Have you always been? No. Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. And, and you know what? Um, we're, we're all guilty of that, wanting to be from, you know, here to there. Like, I was writing my book, and I just wanted it to be done. Like, I started writing it halfway done, halfway through it. I was like, I just don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to do it. Because it was taking so much out of me because of the type of story it was having to relive a lot of those moments mm -hmm. that I just, I just didn't, I, I found myself not wanting to pick it up. Um, but wait, what, what did you ask me? <laughs> sorry. What was my point? Cause sorry, I've short term memory. No, no, no worries. So it, it was more, it was, essentially commenting on how much patience it takes to oh, go these one step at a time, right? right, right, right. So, and yeah, so it's something that's ongoing and we're always going to be experiencing that. But it's also, we can also change the narrative and change it to, that's why I say pinky moves because if you start to see a little progress, it helps you get to your next it helps you get going basically it's like kind of revving your engine um a lot of times when we don't see progress it's when we give up like someone going to the gym right they're going and going and going and going and they don't see progress in that little there there could be a little delay right and in that delay they retreat mm -hmm. and then they stop going and then it's, it starts to get worse again. 
But when they, if they were to keep pushing past that little delay, all of a sudden, bam, they lost all kinds of weight overnight. And people are like, what the heck? They're looking at him like, you just lost a ton of weight. What did you do? Well, they see it. Other people will see it as like, all of a sudden overnight you lost all this weight, but they don't see all the work that you put in back here. Yeah. But it's, it's not for them to see. Mm -hmm. It's for you to create, right? Mm -hmm. It's not for them to see. So it's something that I had to learn with everything that I do. So that because of that, I felt like it was my duty to create something that helped me get to the next level of my life and get to the next step in anything I do. And that's when I created um, Pinky Move. Mm -hmm. so, can, can you talk a little bit about Pinky Move? I know that you just finished writing a book, which I can't wait until it is available in stores and I'm absolutely going to read it and I invite everyone to keep you. their eye out for it. Um, but I know that you, you're essentially such a positive motivational speaker just in this interview that I'm talking to you right now. You. And I myself know, I mean, honestly, you are such an inspiration and so positive that you are in turn helping others in terms of coaching. And so can you talk a little bit about that and where you are right now? Yes. So my uh, book is about to be pub published. Um, right now it's going through editing. Um, it's also called Pinky Moose. And um, I created something that you can connect with me right now if, if you don't want to wait for my book. And, and that's also uh, pinkymoves.com. Excuse me. <clears throat> Sorry, I still have problems with my airway, so. Oh, no worries. Um, um, so basically, Pinky Moves is just the process that I would have to go through or that I still go through. Um, the first thing is dream it. The next thing is be believe it. And the last is receive it. So going into that a little, dream it is what do you want to manifest? What is it that you want? Focus on it and dream it. Um, what does it look like for you? A lot of times people will make vision boards. And when you're making a vision board, you're dreaming. Mm -hmm. You're basically dreaming and hoping for possibility, right? This is, this is the life that you want to create. So when I say dream it, like, that's what I'm talking about. Just creating exactly what you want to happen, mm -hmm. regardless of how big or how small. Dream it. And then the next thing is believe it. Um, for me, what helped me was to remove any doubt. Um, I believe changing your verbiage is huge. Yeah, I agree. A lot of times, even if our verbiage is negative, but we're um, hoping for positive, but our verbiage is negative, we're attracting more negative. That's so, so true. So mm -hmm. I, I, um, I really believe that if you believe it and you leave no room for 
negativity. Mm-hmm. Um, it will, it will, you will attract it and it will happen because you believe in it because you're not letting anything else believe like, uh, take you from your belief. Just, you hear stories all the time of, of these super successful people in life where, or, or actors. And they said they wanted to be an actor. They wanted to be a celebrity and they thought about it. They believed it. They knew they were going to do it. They knew it and they let nothing stop them. And they just kept going, just kept going. How many windows, how many people you think told them no? Oh, a ton. One. Yeah. Yeah. But you don't, you, you only need one, right? So that's what I feel like in life, we're going to have all these goals that we set out that we want. And sometimes they might change and morph into something else. Um, and that's supposed to be that way. Mm-hmm. But um, I think that if we continue to believe in our dreams, we can get there. Mm-hmm. Um, I was uh, just talking to my mom and dad this morning. Um, they were talking to me about a story that they thought was so beautiful. And uh, I don't know. Do you know who L- Lisa Bonet is? She was on the Bill Cosby show. Um, she was an actress. Well, you know who, um, what's her husband's name? No. Aquaman. Jason Momoa. Okay. So <laughs> everyone knows, everyone knows who Jason Momoa is. His yeah. wife is Lisa Bonet. Okay. Um, so he set out the intention watching the Bill Cosby show. That woman is going to be my wife. That woman is going to be my wife. Everyone in his family was like, you're crazy. She's on TV and you're not, and you're a kid and she's not. And how's that going to happen? So no one believed him. And he worked at it. He pinky moved at it. You know, he became a model and he became an actor and, um, he was starting to circle with the same crowd and he ran into her and long story short, they're together and they're married and they have kids. It, and it's a beautiful relationship from looking at a TV, pointing to a girl on the screen saying, I'm going to marry her one day. Like that blows my mind. When you decide you're going to do something, the universe will work in your favor. Mm-hmm. So that's when I say, believe it. Just believe it. Believe in your dreams. And then the last one is receive it. Um, this is a big one. You have to celebrate. Celebrate your victories. So through my recovery, every time I did any little thing that I had a goal to to do, like tie my shoes by myself or walk around the counter without holding onto my cane um, or being um, able to take a shower by myself or any of the little things that I did, I celebrated it. It was a big deal because 
when you celebrate your micro wins, they turn into macro wins, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But we got to start small. Mm-hmm. So you have to celebrate them to make more of them. So that's the last one is receive it. And then do it again. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's not a one and done. It's a continuous effort. It's continuous yeah. momentum. Yeah. Exactly. I really, I really like that celebrated. I find myself personally, I'm, I'm the hardest person on myself. And so any achievement I do, it's like, oh, well, that's nice, but I'm not, I'm not where I want to be eventually. Right. But I, I really appreciate you saying celebrate because it's true. Every step forward should be a celebration because it is momentum and it is moving forward. Mm-hmm. It is empowering. And also just to have, you know, dreams and positive, um, you know, life goals and to have that in most of your mind space and to take up your energy, if nothing else, you're going to feel great, <laughs> right? Yeah. If, if nothing else, if you're living your life, like being excited about life and excited about the next step and what you're going to do and what you're working towards. And I think too, you mentioned this earlier right now, especially during coronavirus, there's so many people that are they, they too feel locked in in a way, right? Because you're not supposed yeah. to go outside. You're supposed to social distance. Absolutely. You, a lot of, myself included, have a lot more people have more time to kind of get in their head. So why not fill your head with positive affirmations and positive thoughts? And I also, I have a vision board. I'm all about that. Just putting your dreams yeah. out there and realizing mm-hmm. them. Yep, that's it. It's so important. It's so yeah. important. I think um, a lot of times people will say, well, it's, that's not for me. Like, I'm, that's, that's not for me. Well, why not? Mm-hmm. Success is not for you? Yes, it is. It's for everyone. So I will see, I remember my brother, he put on a screensaver on his computer, on his phone, on everything he had picture of a car that he wanted he had the car like a picture on um google or whatever just a screenshot of the car that he wanted to drive Mm -hmm. he put it everywhere well that became a reality he started driving that car and i reminded him remember when you had those pictures everywhere that was your vision board So guys do it too, even though they kind of scoff at the like vision board, whatever. They do it too. They will, they will go on Instagram and look at other pictures of people that are, you know, have the physique that they want, have the life that they want, have the cars that they want to drive, have the girl that they want to be with. Like they see all those things. Those are their vision board. It might not be the kind that most people do, you know, that what a technical vision board looks like, but it's still a vision. Mm-hmm. So whatever that looks like for you, I feel like work on that. So put more of that in your life. Take a picture, take a snapshot, put it in your bathroom, um, 
put it by your TV, put it everywhere on your refrigerator, just everywhere in your car, mm -hmm. because that's what you want, right? For the longest time, I had a book with my, uh, a, a different book, and I put a cover on the book, and that cover was my book. So I was manifesting, I'm going to make, I'm going to have my own book. Yeah. So put my own cover on the book and, and now I'm going to have my own book. So. I, I cannot wait to read Pinky Moves when it comes out. I, I will Thank keep you. everyone posted when that's out. I know I'm going to be first in line. <laughs> Aww, <thank laughs> to read. Yes, of course. And thank you so much again, Risa, for being on the podcast and sharing your inspirational story. And again, I invite everyone to check out Brisa um, on her website, contact her, um, her book coming out. It's in editing right now, Pinky Moves. Thank you so much again, Brisa. Thank you for your time. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. And remember, my website is pinkymoves.com. Yes, and that'll be underneath as well. So everyone can check that out, pinkymoves.com. Thank you again, Brisa. Thank you. Hey, before you go, please like and subscribe to the podcast. Thanks so much.